Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. FES coming back at you on a Wednesday night, Melbourne Cup weekend. It's uh, time to get into a bit of a fuck's sake. I am Jason, your co-host. Joining me are the boys in the Brunswick Sharehouse Studios. Uh, a man who on social media looked like he was having an absolute ball yesterday. I saw some novelty Croatian aprons, uh, sort of barbecue. Dave, how are you? Good evening, mate. Yeah. What did your novelty... I don't need a recipe because I'm Croatian. Is that what it said? Yeah. <laughs> and then what was in the Croatian... Dobartek. What does that mean? Yeah, that's like a... You know, bon appetit, bon appetit ah, okay. kind of statement. Yeah. How was your How was your Melbourne Cup long weekend? Uh, I actually missed the Melbourne Cup race for the first time ever. I was busy barbecuing and time just flew by. Conversation and yeah, we realised that we missed the whole thing. I had a sweep lined up and everything, and I just in the end said that so and so won it, and that was it. Yeah. So you rigged the sweep, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, okay, you fucked it then. Okay, well done. Uh, good to have you on the show, Dave. Good to see you. Thanks. Buds, man of the people. What's happening? Not going to give us a bit of a Croatian or uh, New Zealand reference? Check. Oh, could, could do heaps of things. <laughs> heaps of accents. Uh, you know, it's Marco Rojas Day again. Uh, good weekend. Uh, back the winner yesterday. Uh, did a bit of charity work, so my soul is purer than the other three of you here. What charity work? I uh, just did some cooking for a uh, fundraising event. Aren't you a gentleman? Mm, tax write-off. Nah, try to be, try to be. Uh, back the winner and uh, went about my business. So it was good, good. Brilliant. Uh, joining us on the show today is a person who has been on in the past, a favour of the show. We're trying to get back the uh, the popular guests, the ones who who uh, gave us a bit of something in return the last time they were on. And today uh, is no exception. Rudy, it's all... Uh, you're all over the place these days. Uh, I see you on Triple M, writing uh, writing things on Triple M. Uh, you're on the Disruption in the Box pod. Um, what else do you do, mate? I mean, you're one of those people who has the, the Twitter bios with, I do this and this and this and this and this. What do you, what do, you do, mate? Welcome, by the way, as well. Thanks, mate. Um, glad to know I was popular. <laughs> no one's ever described me as that before. Um, yeah, the only thing you missed in there was the Greenfield Post. I write a, uh, a, a few gags every now and then. It's probably where you do your best work sometimes. i tell you what... Rudy's biggest fan is sitting right over here. Oh, he is. <laughs> he, uh, he posts everything you write, uh, da- does David. He's, uh, he's right into you. So, yeah, I've read your stuff on the Greenfield Post. It is good. Uh, and also you do a bit of Triple M stuff. But that's you're also right. a football fan, and that's why we've got you on today. Yeah, that's right. I've been um, waiting for football season to come back. By sort of August every year, I'm pretty over the footy and just can't wait for the A-League to come back, and particularly the victory. And... Yeah, it's going to be a painful year, I think, for <laughs> for a lot of us, the Vuck fans. But 
Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Well, we do have a win to talk about today, which is good, and that's going to come up in uh, in just a moment. We're also going to discuss the FFA Cup game. Uh, that was a loss, unfortunately. Uh, we will also uh, get into Member of the Week and Victory Secret. Uh, we'll discuss that, uh, although it's not a secret anymore, so it doesn't really, really count. No. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that anyway, and we'll preview Sydney as well. Music theme this week, we said, I've made reference to New Zealand before because we did beat the Knicks 6-1, so we're going to do a little bit of uh, a homage to New Zealand, is that correct Dave? Yeah, and I think partly as well because Marco Rojas was man of the match, two assists, two goals, he deserves a bit of a homage. Yeah, I think New Zealand's been very good to us in the past uh, few days, Uh, they've got our season back on track and our our only really shining light on the pitch is from uh, the land of the long white cloud, so chur bro. Thanks, Ernie. Just before we get into it, uh, Dave, you you brought some chips and you said they're very hot. I don't I don't do spice. Yeah, yeah. Look, I may have miscalculated here. Um, I love buffalo wings, and I saw a buffalo wings flavour chip in the shop near where Jace lives here at the Brunswick Sharehouse Studios, and uh, everybody's just slowly eating them and uh, sweating I a little one bit. Yet. I can't handle spice. Have to try it live too. Live I'm a little. My, my eyeballs are sweating. I'm going to try something on air. Let's they, see how it goes. They're packing heat. I hope the chewing sound isn't grating on your ears, listeners. Okay, that's ridiculously hot. Um, <laughs> I'm going to move on. So let's get into, for Buck's sake, this is the New Zealand episode, I suppose. <laughs> How many dudes you know roll like this? How many dudes you know flow like this? Not many, if any, not many, if any. How many dudes you know got the skills to go and rock a show like this? Uh-uh, uh-uh, I don't know anybody. Check, check to the mic, check. One, two from a crew coming through. Are you hyped yet? Nowadays, everybody want to talk. Maybe got someone to scribe. Ain't got nothing when I'm up in the live. You can't fun when you're feeling the vibe. You know, scribe is taking me high. Level with the double bass. Vibrate, hit the plates, and you better break. Y'all hit a man, move like an RS. Super rude with a crew, come equipped like a body kit. Lyrically, pop, burn quick. So one foot is missed out to his tongue like a stale fish. This kid ain't inks from the vink when they get with the scribe. And live like an old five. I got a vibe like a beehive. But when it wasn't from the square to the pier, but the seaside. God damn, my eyes are watering. Um, fuck. Uh, right. uh, our sponsors are returning after it's uh, it's season two, episode ten. We didn't have them had sponsors all all year, but they're returning. Our good friends, and we'll start off. I'm going to say, how apt is it that we've got the guy that knows the uh, sponsor off by heart? Can you still remember? <laughs> um, they're in Tullamarine. <laughs> yeah. Let me the... do it. Let me do them justice. You know, it's been a while. It's been almost, you know, months and months and months. I think I months. remember the phone number. Our, our first sponsor returning is Ambrosia Full Designs. You can find them at Unit 1, Number 15, Assembly Drive in Tullamarine. And you can contact Leanne on 03 I will preface this by saying they are the only florist for Buck's sake use. You can get a 10% discount this season if you order stuff from Ambrosia and mention for Buck's sake. Dave, have you got clearance from that? I, I sent a message to... to an oh, I've got clearance, mate. Okay, he didn't reply to me saying that we could uh, do that, but great. No, Dave's on email. Dave, oh, okay. Dave, Dave goes straight to the source. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned the podcast. You will get a discount this year from our sponsors, so that's excellent value uh, in any language. Croatia, New Zealand, doesn't matter. And it should be also mentioned that uh, Ambrosia were part of uh, 
shit TV shows that you probably watch, Jace, The Block and some other ones. So I don't watch that stuff at all. Yeah, I, watch quality, I think you do. I watch quality programming. But let's get on to the <laughs> let's get on to the last couple of games. We'll uh, we'll preview the oh, review rather the FFA Cup game against uh, City. Very Just briefly, really briefly, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but we did. There was something to talk about because we did line up differently. Musket did change the formation. We did get. Uh, Batted, although we did have our chances as well. Uh, but I think, once again, the class of Melbourne City just outshone us a little bit more. I think, um, yeah, most noticeably the, the formation change. We really tried to stifle them in midfield. Um, played Mahazi, Valeri and Broxham, so three grunt players in the middle of the park. Um, it's It was obvious to all that we came out with some serious intent to uh, play aggressively, but... Um, this is the only credit that I'll give City uh, probably ever. They stood up to it, um, gave as good as they got. And look, even though we lost, we actually, you know, stemmed the tide a little bit, you know, and we didn't get flogged like we did 10 days prior to that. Controversy, uh, as always, in this with the goal. Uh, we don't need to go into that, their first one. Um, <clears throat> I was shocked to see Mahazi line up on what looked to be a, a right wing. But then all the apologists out there said he was going to be more on the right side of a compact diamond. Which, of course, changes Changes everything. Changes everything. Changes everything. Uh, Two up up front. Uh, For me, um, this was the game that legitimised the derby, I think. This this is where they actually stood up and that was pretty tough football. If if that was... um, if that was played in front of a full house on a Saturday uh, uh, Saturday night, uh, Saturday twilight, we'd be talking about that as one of the the roughest uh, roughest games ever. It, it was there was tackles flying in nonstop. It was a full ball. It was a full ball game. Um, they're better than us at the moment, and that's all we got to do. We just got to look our wounds and move on. How long do we play them again? December the Christmas fixture. Thank fuck. Yeah, I, I I think the power shift is well and truly uh, in effect. Uh, I think as as Bud said, they're they're well and truly better than us. Not the until moment. they've won something, Jace. Yeah. Let's 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 uh, let's not talk about power real, paradigms I've and shifts. I've become a real Melbourne City fan yeah. this year, haven't I? I've, I kept talking to favourite player, bit. Bruce Kamau. You're a bit of a fanboy. I'm not a fanboy because I fucking hate them. When <laughs> when was the last time Simon Hill penned an editorial defending us as a club? That's right. What did he come out and say, Rudy? He said, "Don't hate on Melbourne City." Yeah, that's right. He said, don't hate Melbourne City. They're, it's good for the league or whatever. And I was, I don't know, I'm not really having that. Like, let me hate whoever the fuck I want to hate. If I want to hate Mel- in, in fact, it's better for the league if we hate them instead yeah. of pitying them, as has been the case in the Melbourne Heart days. And I tell you, out of the hate, I have absolutely no fucking doubt in my mind now who I hate the most out of the A-League, and that is fucking Brandan. He is fucked, man. Why? Because he's got a punchable head. <laughs> okay. He's a little, little prick. Man. He's a little rat little man. He's, tip just, rat. he's a little tip rat. He... Kinda is one of those guys you wouldn't mind on your team because he makes things happen, but he's he's a whore and I hate you, puta. <laughs> speaking, speaking of whores, I hate the media whore Tim Cahill. They interviewed him after the game. Oh my god, uh, he didn't even play. No, that's, sorry, that was the game um, in the A League. You played with uh, Adelaide. Yeah. We watched with uh, little Yoshi. Wasn't little, it nice little to Yoshi. see Yoshi on the team sheet this week? Yeah, that was great, wasn't it, Dave? You, you uh, love that one. Yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> Let me just Saw reiterate, for the last time this season, I'll just say this one more time, Yoshi's a piece of shit. <laughs> so I'm done with that. Take let's, that 13-year-old let's boy. Let's move on to the next Ten-year-old game. Which is the, let's, let's move on to the game that we actually won. But 
I mean, was it in convincing fashion? I'm going to talk about the positives first because we did win 6-1. That's a huge win. Let's talk about the positives because there was quite a few positives. Uh, where do you want to start? Georgievsky, Rojas, Barisha. All right. Where Quick, do you want to start? Quickly, I'll let you guys get deep into it. But what we got out of that game was a season back on track and we recouped a lot of valuable goal difference. We're, we're, yeah. in, we're, we're in third. We've got, yeah. we've got two blokes now on top of the golden boot table. And that's something we haven't had in previous years. Usually we've relied on the one player, which has been Barisha, to score our goals. This year it seems like we're going to have legitimate threats from both Barisha and Rojas, who can both probably bang in 15 to 16 goals each this year. Ro- uh, Ro- Rojas's goal tally could be sky's the limit with him as yeah. long as he stays on the park. The kid's unbelievable. The only player in the comp as good as him is Fornaroli. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a fair he, call. He's really. that good. Yeah, and he's he's providing exactly what we expected this year so far. So that's great news for for Rojas, and um, I'm sure he'll be overseas again as fast as as he came back over here. Dan, Danny G, um, huge game. How, how, they just gave him so much time and space. Could have set up a little Chavapi stand out there if he wanted. They could have. <laughs> rena- I think they're going to rename that wing Little Scopia in his, in his honour. <laughs> It was the Daniel Georgescu of old, and it's such a shame that he broke his collarbone. And I feel like it's going to be one of those years where we're going to have injuries and then we get back to full strength and we're going to have another injury. We've had a few of those in the past where it just seems like every time you feel like you're getting something right and you're getting back to full strength, something yeah. else happens. Uh, but let's continue the positives. Well, okay, let's, let's, let's continue with positives for the moment. I guess one thing I heard before is that it was the worst... 6-1. No, let's continue seen. the positive. Yeah, yeah. What I will say is, pos- positively speaking, you know, we, we managed to actually, con- you know, score significant goals. Um, and look, there's still a guy called Maximilian Beister who hasn't even made the team sheet yet. Um, it, what else? Yeah, he was given time to settle in uh, little Maxi uh, before playing. I, I assume he's going to make his... Little Maxi. Little Maxi, that's... <laughs> That's my, uh, my little uh, nickname for little Maxi. No, he's, he's been given time to settle in, in Melbourne, I believe. I assume that his debut will come this week against Sydney FC. Any more positives that I can draw? We got two penalties. Uh, that was nice. On the left-hand side, Georgievsky linked up nicely with Mitch Austin. He showed a lot of change of pace. He showed a lot. He put balls in that were actually... Um, Passable <laughs> as crosses. They actually got into the box and didn't sky over. It added a new dimension, didn't it? With Kalfala off and um, Austin in that role, it gives a, a really different dimension to that to that to that side. It gave Barisha the ball. Yeah. Um, so everything was coming down that one side pretty much for us. Um, I did I did like Mitch's game, and for all his knockers now out of four games, he's got two goals. Service so all. he's 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 playing his role. He's better than Cal Feller in the role. It's going to be hard to drop him. Um, although you'd have to think that if someone has to make way out of Rojas, Troisi, you know, you can't see those two guys being dropped. So Austin will be presumably the one to make way for Beister eventually. Yeah, if Beister performs, yeah. If Beister performs, what I did like speaking of Troisi, he was pretty dynamic once he came off the bench. So. Um, yeah, against the defeated ten man side, but he did look he looked brilliant. Some of the balls that he put in were so clever. Yeah, I um I I quite enjoyed some of the parts of our game. Um we were in a very similar position last year to this and we beat the Knicks and it was like the same time of the year and it was like, Oh, we're back. We're yeah. Back. Yeah. And my one last positive is that we are playing like shit and yet we've managed to win two games in a row in the A League. So 
I was like, can we get the negatives now? Let's start. Come on, come on. Come on, I want to get into So, Melbourne yeah. victory won 6-1. You wake up the mo- in the morning, you look at the paper, you read that, and you say, wow, victory are back in town. This is it. Victory, the victory of old. We're back. But, really, it was the most unconvincing 6-1 win you got, you're likely to see in the A-League. You talk about... Daniel Georgievsky and the game that he had. Yes, it was the best game we've seen from him in a while. But look at the massive gaps in the field that were created for him. And that's because the Wellington Phoenix shape was just so lopsided. There's basically no one between their back four and their front third. So it, it basically allowed us to, to make those runs. Other teams won't, won't allow that to happen. And the two penalties, really, prior to those two penalties happening... We were. It was the same old, predictable, dreary style. And, yeah, I was sending texts and messages around saying I got a bad feeling about this. And then, of course, we get the penalty. And then the red card, which just opened things up even more so. So we scored four goals after that red card. That midfield is still such an issue. Well, when Rashid Mahazi starts and, and gets not the, nothing against Rashid starting. Good friend of the show. Rashid's not picking himself in the team. So, but well, look, what, he can, what he can control is getting fucking yellow cards within two minutes. Things like that. He just sets the tone. Can like, he control it? I don't, can, I don't think he, he can. And that, I think the other night, I think this game was, we talked about the, um, the FFA semi-final being pretty rough and dirty. This was a pretty rough and dirty game. Yeah. Like, for, for all New Zealand's shitness, if that's even a word, shitness, <laughs> um... Who cares? Yeah, who cares? doesn't matter. Amateur podcast. Um, They just came and hacked. They played the butcher all night. They they were terrible. There was one of the worst worst performances I've seen from an opposition team come to Melbourne that I can remember. They they lost the plot. They completely lost the plot. I don't know what Merrick's doing. There could have been three or four red cards in that game, really. And probably, um, was it... Who's the ref? Mariner? Was that his name, Alan Mariner? Yep. Yep. Um, He... Milliner. Milliner, sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking of the... Premier League ref. Yeah, uh, he probably set the tone by not sending Rashid off after yeah. about fifteen minutes, and then after that it was just an absolute free for all. The the challenge that injured Georgievsky was disgraceful. That's, yeah, that no one was on the weeks ball. In a you would get weeks in AFL yeah, for that. Broke for his sure. collarbone, like, and um, Fox could have been sent off. High impact, neg- yeah, that's right. yeah. negligent. Well, the player couldn't come back on. Yeah, that's exactly. Automatic weeks in footy. Uh, and then yeah, obviously uh, Mahazi should have been sent off. Fox could have been could have been sent off three or four times. Just like really ugly to watch. It wasn't a very high-standard game. The other reason why I think we have to focus on some negatives is that that back four for Wellington was makeshift. You know, they, they signed a really good Italian centre-half, Rossi, who wasn't playing. Uh, Doyle, who's a commendable left-back, wasn't playing either. Um, so I, I just don't want to read too much into this result. Obviously, it's great. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly yeah not... You know, thinking we're, you know, title winners now or anything or, you know, up there with a chance. I still think there's a lot of ground to make up and the real litmus test is this weekend. It is. Our passing is deplorable. Like, we, we can't hold possession. We can't string three three passes together. It's, it's abs- And that's because of the midfield. I mean, the, the pedigree is just not there at the moment. And 
the, the players we have got to come in are Teresi and Bystar, who are attacking players. So it's not going to add that too much muster to the midfield. I know Valeri's got to come back in as well, but it seems like he's just doing it on his own. And even his form isn't being where it should be at this season so far. Mm, really weird. I was listening to some of the media pundits talking about Bozanic's game and saying that he's not a natural number 10. Mm. Well, if he's not a natural number 8 and he's not a natural number 10... What the fuck natural number is he? Like, where where does he actually play? I think he's a natural number 10 for Central Coast. Where? Or maybe maybe his best position is, like, actually in the Pacific Ocean. Just get him out <laughs> of Melbourne, please, now. Look, we can't... Sh- surely it's time... Surely it's time to, to realise that he's he's no good. Like, we... Uh. I, think, I think the time has come and gone. We realise he's <laughs> not... I'm not going to say no good. I feel bad saying no good. But he's not what we need... And it's time to get him out as quickly as possible. But the only thing is, he's still got about another 18 months left on, de- on a deal, on a marquee deal. There's no way we're getting rid of him. Just make do for what you can at stick, the moment. At least stick him on the bench. We, I think we should have Burrow. He needs to be a hype man like those you know, NBA players <laughs> on the bench. Just wave the towel around the bench. Just get, get our money's worth that way, perhaps. I'm not too sure. <laughs> good, good thing you... Were you, were you saying move Barrow into a defensive playing, midfielder? He should be playing six yeah. next to Valeri. He, he's got to he's get an absolute liability. In he's got to get out of the back four. Yeah. I was talking to a couple of people on Twitter about this. Uh, I don't understand how we've gone and scouted the world for this guy and the output he's getting. I don't know how much coin he's on. It's got to be significant. It's a visa spot. There is certainly guys playing MPL State League that can do the job that Barrow's doing. Because he's he's in he's in a Ford's pocket every single week. He he's just he's not a centre half. I don't know why I don't a chip then. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's that's <laughs> I, another like, another massive issue that we have now, obviously alongside Barrow, is the fact that Georgievsky will now miss three to four weeks. Galloway was recently that would be know, good to catch Galloway there just yeah. in case. Fucking so hell. we're now left without a, a left back. Do you know what? Even before Georgievsky's injury, we didn't have a natural left back because. Georgievsky's natural position is right back. So we actually are going to have to play Broxham there. Yeah, for sure. Or someone from the youth team. Or you switch out Garia or you play Negro there. There's a bunch of other options, but they're all very flimsy options. I don't, I don't mind the idea of Broxham there. Yeah, I, I'm, I rely on him now without a doubt. Yeah, I think we should put him there. Like I said, Barrow to six, Donachy and Ansel together. And then probably Tracy at ten, and then maybe bring the combo of Donachy and Ansel make anyone else in this room nervous. Yeah. Well, nervous. if, if you if you if you're going to do that, because let's face it too, if one fullback's injured, switch over to the other side. Jason Gary is not in the best form. He has not had four of his best games. So if you're going to go against Sydney in a back four of, do what I say, Broxham, Ansel, Donachy, and Garrier, there's no way he'll pull Burrow out. I'm, I'm sorry, not with Valeri coming no, you back. You can't risk it. Even, even with Barrow in there against what? Ninkovic, Holosko, and what's the other? Bobo. Bobo. <laughs> and, 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 and Brosk. Brosk is now back in goal-scoring touch. Brosk. Can I just say... <laughs> yes, you can. fucking head. <laughs> what, what, what's going on with it? It's just trying to be Diego Castro. Yeah, it's just terrible. Like, you need... It's too. He's got too much forehead for that much beard. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> like get the Dougie Bollinger implants or something, or shave it all off. Just sort it out. 
Can't have it. Can't have Arsbrowski. <laughs> so uh, I think we've done a really good negative spin on a 6-1 win. I think we've viewed both sides of the coin. I, I said this a few times last year at the, start of, at the start of last year. It's one of those games where I just don't know what to think. There are, there are points where I think, oh, okay, that's, that's pretty good. And then also... You have to look at the opposition. This is a team who haven't won a game so far this year. They're a team who lost a man halfway through the second half, and we took advantage of some kind of re- some weird, some weird officiating, some uh, advantageous red cards to a uh, red card to uh, to Wellington. Yeah, I, I think you just hold your fire on that for the moment and just just take it for what it is. Mm, so, been doing Player of the Year. Yes, Got another hundred, another hundred people voted on the weekend. On ya. Um, that's more than most clubs or awards ever get people voting on. So we're getting some serious quantitative data here. Um, <laughs> scientific here, for fuck's sake. It is scientific. I am from a scientific background, so I roll that way. Uh, against the uh, the heart in the FFA Cup semi, they are always going to be the heart. We had Rojas man of the match, um, Valeri two votes, and Broxham one. And the other night against the Nux in a 6-1 win, Marco Rojas got 50% of the votes. Three, uh, Georgievsky with two and only by one vote, Barisha got one vote. So that was neck and neck between Dan and Bess. So out ahead by a street is Marco Rojas on 10 to Lawrence Thomas on five and Valeri on five. So thank you for everybody. Uh, you're even putting votes in now before we're actually putting posts up for it. So it's great to see. Thank you. It's valued and you will get your man at the end of the year. I think this is uh, starting to build a lot of momentum, Buds, uh, in terms of legitimacy around you know a, a player of the year award as voted by the fans. I think the club may want to stand up and take notice of this. I think the the club do a, a fan voted man of the match after each game anyway, so maybe that's. I think their, ours I carries more no, weight. I agree that their, their their polls are bullshit. They're like Donald Trump, Trump <laughs> polls. Yeah, you know, Donald Trump says, "Oh, we've won every poll," and like they're just fake polls. That's like kind of like yeah. And they only recognise one man. We yeah. recognise three. We're recognising, yeah, we, we, pot, we pot the guys during the podcast, but then we recognise them after the game. So we do everything here at the Fuck's Sake. Also a reminder that we did a video piece after the game. It is available on YouTube. You can search for it through our social channels on Twitter and Facebook, searching for Fuck's Sake. It was a pretty good video. Yeah, you did people well, Jase. People were quite boisterous after a win, so it was an, an, an absolute joy to, uh, to film. And thanks to the girl who came and gave me a kiss as, uh, as I was mm. filming. Bit of, a, bit of a, you know, chemistry there, I think. Let's move into member of the week. Yeah, what do you do, you know? Um... When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's... Remember Jurakovic? Putting the ball to the back of the net. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's... Remember Jurakovic? Before we announce this week's Mehmet, another uh, sponsor for us is the LIT Services. The LIT Services has returned. You might remember those uh, those ads from last year. We had a famous moment where Dave um, talked about strangling his partner or himself with a USB stick in some kind of tantric sex thing. Um, I don't want to go on about that too much more. But you can contact the LIT Services at 1-800-843-695. Dave is not smiling at me. It looks like oh, now, he's, now he's choking himself with the microphone lead. Brilliant. 
Uh, but you can speak to Pete for any IT issues that you have on 1-800-843-695. I don't know if Pete has given us any kind of go-ahead in terms of discounts just yet, but we are working on that. Uh, anyone else got anything to say about the LIT services? I think you're enlisting your services, Budza. I think, yeah, well, if he, if he fixes up my modem problems and connection problems, I'll plug his business a lot more. Brilliant. Well, he's got to work for he it, doesn't he? might get a discount over uh, Greek Easter. Greek <laughs> Easter. <laughs> All right, boys, I'm, I'm going to let you take member of the week this week because I actually kind of disagree with it. I didn't hear what you guys are, are claiming um, to have heard on the uh, on the TV or, or the, in the stadium on Monday night. I'm going to let you take it and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Dave, you, you take it. Oh, this look, I, I put this one out there but um, and it's ended up becoming member of the week through no contest, really. I guess we could have gone for the FFA again or Tim Cale again or Yoshi again. It's always easy to do um, those. But, um, yeah, it was down to the booing that we heard on Monday night at Etihad Stadium uh, by Melbourne Victory fans towards former players Costa Barbarousas and Guy Finkler. It was clear and noticeable during a corner that Costa took and then not too long after a um, free kick that Guy Finkler had. And it was noticeable on TV. I don't know how noticeable it was there at the stadium. I didn't notice it whatsoever, but I was in the south end and we were cheering and we were chanting for both yeah. Costa and Guy. Uh, a inflatable sheep was, uh, was put in the south terrace and people Again. were chanting Costa. As they were punching around an inflatable sheep around the terrace, that was a nice moment. I thought classic South End. And then when they were both substituted, they were they were taken. You know, they were, they were given a, a, a cheer and I yep. think a chant as well. So I didn't hear this, uh, but I did oh, hear it, people. It, it was say. it was definitely there and definitely noticeable. And you have to question uh, the thought process there of anyone that want would want to do that. These guys are absolute loyal, excellent servants who have brought home silverware for us to celebrate and everything like that. Really didn't sit well with me at all. But, um, you know, I guess in the absence of any other candidates, they're the ones I put forward and no one really contested that. So I guess we go with well, that. Well, has been a lean week uh, for Member of the Week, I think. No, I thought it was up. We still had fans liking the tweets regarding this issue at three in the morning. Yep. Yesterday. So... <laughs> Uh, people definitely got around it. I heard it clear as day. Um, I suppose the only thing you, you know from being in the public or working in hospitality or things like that, that the general public is stupid. Uh, for Vuck's for, for sake, listeners are not uh, upstanding citizens. Good but, save. But uh, you, can, you can just honestly say that the, the general public is stupid and they don't think about things like years of service or blood, sweat and tears or trophies. They just... Oh, they don't even understand the reasons why people leave the club. Like, Guy Finkler was a Monty to leave. He yeah. got dropped for two ACL campaigns. Costa was offered massive coin to return to his hometown when we cl- clearly couldn't match that kind of and offer. he was probably pl- paying, what, three years for us? Clearly playing for unders. Yep. Um, yeah, he deserved marquee wages. Absolutely. It's sport. Get over it. Like these guys, these guys are great. Um, if if the if the guys that you love in the Melbourne Victory kits don't have a problem with these guys, what do yeah. you? You know what? If Ube Lazaro comes back, yeah. playing for some Indonesian team in the Asian Champions League, boo the hell out of him. All right? No, don't boo Ube Lazaro. He <laughs> actually. <laughs> 
is quite prominent on Twitter. Uh, he loves the he Vuk. He loves the Vuk. He, he tweets about the Vuk a lot still. I'm he saying, was, boo was, him ahead doubt, of someone like Costa. If you're making an all-time worst 11 on the victory, he's, he's right front oh, he's center. He's the captain. See, what he's you do, captain. see <laughs> you just, if, if you're one of those guys out there that booed him, okay, this, this, is, this is where you, 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 put, you, put it, you put it in the basket. You fucking boo Mitch Nichols. You don't boo Costa Barbarossa. Yeah. End Word. of day. You don't. You boo Glenn Moss. You yeah. don't fucking boo. He <laughs> got booed heaps. Yeah, he he copped it so he, bad. He's been copping it for years. Of course yeah. he, he given up. So yeah, he was copying it really. He was copying it really badly from the south end. And then when we got that penalty, everyone just kind of got a little bit nervous because it was <laughs> the scene was set for him to have a big moment. But sure enough, turn around, and give it to everyone. It's Glenn Boss. He's not going to have a big moment. He let it through not <laughs> once but twice. Actually, six times in yeah. the end. And then one of the, one of them was really very much his fault. Yeah, one where he just came steaming off his line and presented it to. I tell you what would be a good exercise for one of the episodes: an all-time worst eleven for victory. We could spend about great call. On that. Yeah, we'll do you want do to that. do it this week? Can we do it? Is oh, it? Are you question without notice? Are you putting each other on the spot? No, not now. We'll do it like oh this week, know, and then yeah. in preparation for next yeah, we'll week. Yeah, all right. Yeah, week. we'll do that. Send in your nominations. Yes, good. Send in your nominations. The all-time worst eleven because we did the like the club did the best eleven. They had a dinner for it and everything like that for the ten-year anniversary. Let's do hey, the worst we'll, one. We'll have a dinner the for it. We'll go. <laughs> we'll go have some dumplings. Yeah. Byo. I'm into it. Mossy between the sticks. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There, there's. Oh, I reckon Petka's a good shout. <laughs> We've had some shockers. I think this is going to be a good exercise. This will be good. This will be good. All right, cool. Decided. That's decided. Let's uh, let's do that next week. These chips are amazing for like half a second, <laughs> and then it hits, and my mouth is still burning. It's it's hard to eat these and productively do something with a microphone because you're just coughing and spluttering. Yeah, and I'm an OG with chili, and these 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 are packing it. So I have to stop eating them. But it's job, around man. this time normally where I'd say, and now it's time for Victory Secret. We play that music where um, Nadia would go shh. Secret and George's uh, George Michael's Careless Whisper would play in the background and just be a beautiful moment. And before, and like when you hear that music, you know a bomb's about to drop. Something's gonna happen. You know, happen. Where, like the boys are like, like about to drop a bomb. And this time last Boom. week, we had a bomb to drop and it got stolen from us. Yeah, we got the mail, um, Fuck. really early, didn't we? We did, and we decided to um, hold fire, let's keep hold fire our into the podcast. dry because we, we got the mail that 
Seb Pasquale was off in January. So we thought this might break in a few weeks' time. We've got another one, you know, akin to the, the Costa Barbarossa smell where we, you know, got like six weeks before he was announced to be leaving that he was off. And we thought, you know, we're going we're gonna to drop this on the podcast, but it did get leaked on Saturday night. Unfortunate for us, but let's discuss Sebastian Pasquale. Uh, let's go back to when we first heard about him. And once again, I guess we kind of got the mail as well. It was the ICC International Champions uh, Cup, and it was against Juve. We got some special access to the uh, the media room. We had a media pass. We kind of took liberties a little bit there. Um, we stuck some Jack Daniels into the media box, mixed that with a bit of uh, Jack and Coke or whatever we had, and uh, had a good night. But we also went to the press conference after the Juve game in which Sebastian Pasquale tore up uh, the game. Everyone was... He was the talk of the town. And before the game, we got told that... Look out for this guy. Yeah, uh, our, our friend Tuna uh, actually messaged us the morning of the match yeah. and said, watch out for this kid, future Socceroo. They were his words. Yeah. And sure enough, he, he lived up to the expectation on his very first appearance. He uh, did a few nifty moves, scored a penalty in the penalty shootout that actually won the penalty shootout from memory. Yes, he did. And we went to the press conference after the game. Kevin Musket was there. And all anyone wanted to ask him about was Sebastian Pasquale. What's this kid all about? You know, how pleased were you with his performance? Question after question after question. Once the press conference ended, he said, fuck, I shouldn't have paid, played Pasquale. We said on the yeah. podcast, you'll, like, we'll be surprised if we saw him again this year. I think his form just demanded the fact that he was to be selected. Yeah, and Troy sees injury. And look what happens. Yeah. We lose him. For, from my understanding, barely anything because he's a youth league player. Well, a little, I'll take one step back. Yeah. Apparently, these discussions and, and everything that's been happening in the background has actually been happening for a while. Yeah. So it's not just Ajax that have been nosing around. There have been other Juventus. big club academies. The team he tore up. Yeah, exactly. So it's not as though the fact that you know he was playing that all of a sudden he became part of a shop window... It was always the case that this was going to happen. And I think all of us that saw him, the glimpses that we saw, I think we're all, you know, people who follow football and understand what's going on. You just look at a guy like that and you know that he won't be in the A-League for very long or in Australia for very long. So no no qualms there. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. So people that have watched the Youth League would have known a long, long before us that this kid had something special. You can tell, you can see in his body shape, he's... Big, he's, he's almost got a man's like physique. He's going to take like two two years. He'll be eighteen and he'll be he'll be massive. Um, he was being shopped around apparently by his parents for other other European academies um, long before the VUC could actually sign him to a professional contract. Now Victorian um, jurisdiction says that you can't have a professional contract with a major sporting team until you're seventeen. So the club are a bit salty about this because. Uh, He's turned 17 next week, doesn't he, Dave? Yeah, and look, I think the saltiness stems a little bit from the fact that there may have been, and this is just allegedly, uh, a verbal, you know, gentleman's agreement around him signing a pro deal for Melbourne Victory. So perhaps that's where we... Well, the reason why there was a pretty snide, it has to be said, press release from Melbourne Victory on the day of the game against Wellington because players... Being announced as not playing for a game, that just doesn't happen. If if players get dropped from um, a preliminary squad all the time with no fanfare, 
um, before the final squad is announced. And I dare say he wouldn't have played anyway with Troisi coming back in. So it was clearly the club being a little bit annoyed at what had happened. Rudy, let me ask you something. I've stated this on the podcast before. We put a lot of emphasis on the academy. What is the point of having an academy if we're just going to produce players to fuck off overseas once they're good enough before they can actually contribute to the actual senior side? Should I be should I be worried about that? Should I be angry? Or is that just part and parcel of A-League football and A-League academies? Uh, well, I mean, an academy is an objectively good thing. The real issue here is the, the laws that have prevented us from signing him. Yeah. Um, I imagine it's like a child labour law situation. That, that, that's my guess. Um, but I would hope that on the back of this that would at least be looked at by the state government because that's like to lose a player of that quality for nothing, it's not really fair. It's not really good enough, is it? And he's gonna, you know, if he goes on and becomes a star, he's played 20 minutes for the victory early on, you know, we... Ah. I, I, I'm with you on the anger. I just think it's you have to point it at the, the laws that have allowed this to happen. Other side of the narrative, agreed, agreed completely. Other side of the narrative is going to be how much, how many years did Victory put into developing him compared to the other club that developed him that the Victory probably haven't paid a cent to. So there's always going to be that narrative. The thing with this one too is Seb's not leaving to go to the youth team academy of Victoria Pilsen. Seb's going to the sp- the football academy in the world. Uh, the number one pretty football much the academy in the one. world. Yep. You think Johan Cruyff, you think Dennis Bergkamp, you think... Zlatan yeah. Ibrahimovic? He, did he get his started? Ice? I don't think he was at this youth academy. I think he came in at a, as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old. Uh, you think Patrick Cliver, you think yep. the DeBoer brothers, it's just, it's a factory. And, and Ajax constantly, and to this very day statistically, outshine all of the other major European clubs in terms of uh, quality produced, in terms of where their players end up, uh, you know, in Europe and around the world. Yeah, just to clarify, Ibrahimovic did go there at 20 years old. Just uh, thank you, Wikipedia, for right. that one. Let what me ask you a question, though, Dave, because you... Buzz, you should have just Buzz, claimed, you claimed just, that, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like to quote my sources, and, you know, Wikipedia, a very reliable source. But you just said something, you know, what about the, the team that Victory approached him from? Dave, let me ask you this, because I'm sure there'll be a lot of old soccer heads um, asking me about or saying, you know, why, is, why are you so angry? Why are you so upset you know, the, the A-League club's been doing this, the NBL teams, for years, and we don't get a cent. What is your retort to that, Dave? Oh, well, what about the uh, state leagues during the NSL days who were, you know, also pillaged and plundered by the NSL clubs back in those days? It's, it's one of those things. Like, I think there's a clear problem in Australian football around the transfer market system. I think, you know, currently the way it's set up, you know, a player coming from a club that could be the next Harry Kuehl or Mark Viduka, you know, the clubs at those lower levels, you know, you would like to think that they get, uh, you know, the kind of, you know, transfer fees, eventual transfer fees and things like that to enable them to grow as well because obviously they have, you know, put a lot of time and effort and money into producing the talent. Let me ask you one more question then we'll move on to the next thing. Can this be avoided in the future or is it just going to be inevitably inevitable that we're always going to lose these players who shine early, you know, produce a little bit. What do you do exactly? Do you play them? Do you stash them away until you can actually sign that pro contract? What do you do? I think it has to be looked at, you know, case-by-case basis. I think 
the generally accepted theme around Australian football now is that you really got to earn your apprenticeship here first and then take a step overseas. So I think that is the case for, you know, 90% of the players that we see come through. But there will always be special cases and special exceptions. And I think from what we've seen of Pasquale, he could very well fit into that category. You know, I mean, we've only seen 20 minutes, you know, could it be another one of those situations like, you know, we've had lots of players overseas in academies that we often laugh about now, be it Casper Tafta, be it our friend at Hume now, uh, Theo Markellis, players like that who, you know, were at big clubs, big academy, big youth setups. You know, there's still a long way to go. And there's a lot to be said about a player earning their stripes in local leagues first and then making the move abroad. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess all Vitru fans will watch his career pretty uh, t- attentively. I'm always going to remember that night in July at uh, the MCG where he tore, tore up Juventus and uh, after the game when I was walking out of the locker room, I said, Seb, can I have an interview? And he goes, no. <laughs> so I'll remember, I'll remember that moment forever. All 55 people there must have been scouts for European yeah. clubs. Well, what about, you know, I mean, you know, if we're going to do, you know, uh, this was your life at Melbourne Victory, Seb Pasquale, um, you know, the, the assist for the... For the goal yeah. um, over in Adelaide as well. So, I mean, you know, contributed in the brief time that he was here without a doubt. And, um, look, I wish him all the best. I wish it could have happened some other way. I wish maybe we had at least had one season to see him. But, look, he's off to very green pastures. He's going to green pastures. Uh, what an opportunity for him. Um, just quickly touching on you saying, should we have stashed him away? Yeah. I think that was the reason why he got shopped around. Yeah, that, that's, that's, what, I'm, a good that's point what, too. what I'm hearing. Uh, sounds true. like he had, sounds like he had like one of those tennis dads, you know, like the the Tomiches and the uh, the Dokiches. Dokich, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of those overbearing, powerful uh, tennis dads. And I, I've seen a lot of vitriol from uh, Vic fan, Vuck fans online saying he should have been played more. This person should have been dropped. Why are you playing these senior hacks when you got these? And gun we kids? called for that as well. We said, you know, let's start this guy. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. We'll see what happens. Let's hope uh, he has a good career in Europe. Let's hope he doesn't... Re- like, it'd be great if his team return here, but let's hope he has a really good career and we can just say, you know, he was at the victory, victory one day. Interesting how Kev's going to play this one out. He was fuming when asked about it by uh, Brenton Speed the other night on the television. Absolutely fuming. So uh, as soon as I read the club statement, I thought this kid's not going to be training anymore. So it'll be interesting to see. And that's actually what's happened today. Yeah. It has come out that... Um, Seb Pasquale will be training on his own until he goes off to the Netherlands. Salty. Very. I got you. That's all I want. I won't forget. That's all. Saturday night, it is the big blue, Melbourne Victory versus Sydney FC, or you reverse that because Sydney FC are the home side. Sydney FC are in some 
ridiculous form. They're in some pretty good form, which is amazing because they've got Danny Vukovic as a keeper who is absolutely putrid for us. I'd say he'd be in the top three for uh, worst uh, FC or worst uh, 11. Buds his coffee on a very, very hot <laughs> one chip. Of the top three hottest chips I ever eaten in my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, while Buds uh, suffocates off, uh, off spices, Dave, let's, uh, let's give me a bit of a, a pre game oh, preview. Look, they've, they've not conceded a goal. They've won the every game. They've actually, you know, uh, I believe not conceded a goal since, like, the, the stat in the FFA Cup as well, So and going back to last season. So, Graham Arnold has got this defence absolutely well oiled right now. Are you watching Sydney FC games? Yes. What's, what's Vukovic doing differently? He is an excellent back four in front yep. of him. Um, I think he just looks a little bit more... At ease and they don't at home. play out of the back, though, are they? They're a bit different. They are we... a bit different, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, look, a, a guy like Wilkinson, you know, has to be said, you know, this this guy's probably the best Australian centre-half in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, and alongside him, a guy like Michael Zullo, you know, it was only two years ago he was in the Socceroos frame. And Ryan Grant's having a, a great season as well at right-back. Uh, so... It, it's, and, and Matt Yerman is the other centre-half. So, defensively, they're extremely good. Um, up front, Marty mentioned before, Holosko, Bobo, and um, the other guys. But Bernie Abini, I think we talked about, he hasn't even... He's still yet to return. And even David Carney doesn't make their best team at the moment. So, you, you've got a few views on David Carney, don't you, yeah, David Carney makes the best team anywhere. Fuck me. Jesus Christ. Go Dave, on. David Carney... Is I oh man, I'm I lose words when I think about David Carney. I can't. He's another player that I'm, I'm so happy he's at Sydney because it just means I can hate him at that little bit more. You know, <laughs> he also needs to sort out that fucking bald spot. Jesus Christ! Don't, don't get me started on David Carney. Hates him. Yeah, I, I just think it's. Yeah, you're right. You're right, though. Let's. I've lost track. I've lost track. You started me about so, Carney. I mean, look, there's no bigger test. Um, as I said, this is this really is the test. They have not conceded a goal, so yeah. if we m- happen to be the team that that breaks through there, that will be tremendous. We know we always live for the big blue as well. Yeah, we do. Uh, Kev, Kev has these fucking managers. When Ke- when Kev's got a big managerial stoush, if Kev has to play uh, manage against Marcello Lippi, he'll win. If he, if mm. he manages against uh, Allegri. He'll win. If he manages against Graham Arnold, he generally wins. Uh, Arnold's got a system. Uh, how the chips? <laughs> He's dying as well. Sensational. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are never eating hot chips on the podcast again. That uh, is the it. The thing that's happening in this game this week is Arnold's got a system and they're playing to it and they're playing it well. They actually have quite a strong bench as well. Like They've got Dimitrovic, Inetovic, Matt Simon can't get a gig. Seb Ryle's been pushed to the bench too. Uh, in a lot of their games. Um, Seb, Seb Roll must be absolutely shattered that uh, Pasquale has uh, moved on. That's oh, a 16-year-old. That's, that's a little teenage oh, joke for zinger. you. Absolute zinger. Um, <laughs> Do you have that one planned, mate? No, nah, that just no? came to me. Obviously, it's uh, very, very good, as you can tell. I just don't know how our midfield's going to stack up, even against guys like you don't you don't really classify them as heavyweights, but Brilliante and O'Neill. They're, they're, they're all putting in shifts and they're all working together, but it's about time that they conceded. Just like it was about time that Wellington scored, and we knew they were going to score against us. So I actually think we can get a result here. You mentioned Wilkinson's the best Australian centre back in the league. I think Brandon O'Neill might be the best, or one of the 
couple of best Australian number sixes yep. in the comp. Really goes under the under the radar a bit. Yeah, completely. Massively I think. influential yeah. to how they play. They've they just really got that chemistry, don't they? They're strong on every line, yeah. which is um, almost unprecedented for this competition. Yeah. And I think, sorry, uh, last year it was the laughing stock Holosco, the guy, their, their, their international marquee was absolutely terrible. This year he's really stepped up and it's, it's showing with the, with the uh, attack that they have. Yeah, uh, I guess from our point of view, there's some good probability that Beister will be named, particularly now with Georgievsky um, out. Um, you think a bench spot, sure. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say yeah, start well, him, would I, you? Um, I listened to an interview with Beister on, um, I think it was on SEN. Yeah, it's on with, World of Football um, last night, Dave Davudovich and yeah. uh, Mark Fine. And Beister said that he considers himself to be a striker. Yeah. So, and that he prefers the right side. So clearly, the right side is not going to happen with Rojas there and and everything. But I'm intrigued to see how Kev fits him in because he either plays him on the left and and you know, reinstalls Troisi as the number ten, or he changes the formation. What do you do as a football coach there? Do you make players adapt to your style, or do you try and work around the players in their own strengths? It, it really depends on the manager. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. Kev's the, the one that says, you fit into my style, or That's it's right. too bad. Yeah. Uh, and I think what is more likely to happen is that Austin will be the guy eventually to make way for Beister. It, it adds depth to the bench, though. That's, that's a good thing. Do you fancy us to get a result out of this? No, is yeah. my immediate answer. I just think, you know, form lines are, are really important. And even if Sydney, um, you know, don't rip us to shreds, we're going to find it really hard to score against. It's not going to be like um, like it was on Monday night against Wellington. We've also got the, the really short turnaround time compared to Sydney. Um, people say that doesn't mean anything. I think it does because ultimately we've played... You know, the, the FFA Cup game took a lot out of it. Obviously, Carl Valeri will come back in, so that's that's a positive. But, yeah, I just can't see us winning. I think it'll be a 1-0 loss. I reckon we can jag a draw at minimum. Uh, I think the A-League's one of these leagues where there's little historical nuances that continue to happen between clubs playing against certain clubs. Uh, we were in the exact same position last year. We went up there and we put four in against them. It was a 4-2 win. Um, Bessart's in some, some good form. I I am going to say, and it's going to be a very Melbourne victory thing to go up there and get a win. Yeah, It's going to be a very, very Melbourne victory thing to go up there and get a win, jag one, come home and lose the game at home. So I'm going to peg us in for a win this week. I reckon it's going to be 3-2 to the Vuck. You've convinced me on that one. I agree. Yeah. I agree that we'll win. I don't think wow. it's 3-2, but I think I think we can win. They, they haven't conceded in nine games. You're going to go, go up there and stick three past them. That's, yeah, if, I if, love the confidence. If Baster plays, and if he if he scores against Sydney away on debut, oh. he's got to get the Guardiola chant that Manchester City are doing for Guardiola. It's going to be a brilliant one to the tune of Glad All Over. I'm going to make that happen mm. in the south end. It's going to happen. When Bud says something's happening, it happens. <laughs> Horses turned one year old this year. Uh, this did, week, the other day. I heard it. Uh, they played it the other night. How do you feel about that, mate? A year on? Oh, it's just been what a what a roller coaster ride. What emotions! <laughs> There's days where you leave work and you think you've uh, you've achieved something, and you remember those days. I feel like that every day for the last 365 days. It's been mad. <laughs> I couldn't do, I couldn't do it on my own. 
JK Harisic, you've been a big part of this too. There's been a big support cast, but uh, we will never die. All right, before we finish, uh, do we get a score prediction off you, Rudy? No, I think we're going to go up there, come back with a point one one. Rojas will score because he's that bloody good and they'll yep. bank one in off Brosk's shit giant head. There you go. Four boys and three different predictions. So take your pick. We'll finish up right there. That This has been for Vuck's sake. A reminder that you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube now. We do work in partnership with Outside 90. Uh, a special thank you goes out to everyone who is listening. Um, in the beginning stages of this year, we're 10 episodes deep now and our ratings have gone through the roof. Uh, I think we've gone up from... You know, having a good week where you know maybe about a thousand people listen to us to about seventeen hundred a week now, which is fucking amazing. And thanks to the people who are coming up to me, um, someone came up to me at a nightclub this week and said, "Are you guys the guy from the podcast?" Like that's that's the coolest shit ever. <laughs> Did you buy your drink? No, he didn't. But you know, the recognition is just enough. And um, a shout goes to the guy who uh, who came up to me when I was doing the video and and like commented on how much of a good job we're doing and uh, you know never to align the, with the club because they'll water us down. So don't worry about that. We'll always be giving the independent voice of Vuck fans, and uh, we do you really appreciate. Everyone who's been listening, and if you've got friends who listen to who, who like the victory, tell them to listen to this podcast because the bigger we get. The uh, the better you know this podcast will be. So thanks everyone for uh, for your help and your support over the uh, the last year, which has been great. Uh, boys, thank you for coming on, especially you, Rudy. Uh, I'm sure we'll get you on throughout the year. Uh, one of our better guests. So thanks for for coming on tonight. No worries. Thanks for uh, these chips that have burned a hole in my esophagus. <laughs> Do you know the the brand of these chips, Dave? For anyone listening at home, uh, something Buffalo Wings. Yep. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, get around them. Get around the buffalo wings. Buds, thank you. Man, the people. I'll see you you next week. And thanks, everyone. Goodbye for now. Mon the vac. Mon. Hi, I'm Dr. Gamma Verdian from Dental Lounge. Would you like to increase your success, whether it be personal success or career success? Studies have proven that enhancing your smile can enhance your quality of life in every way. I've seen hundreds of patients for porcelain veneers and smile makeovers with amazing results. Simply tap the banner and book your free consultation and I'll be happy to show you. And best of all, ask about our interest-free payment plans. Dental Lounge Macquarie Street. Create success with your smile.